comes from John's Gospel. We're going to read the first 17 verses. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved His own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray Him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into His hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only then, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray together. Father in heaven, we do pray that you would come and speak to us by your Holy Spirit. We thank you for this, your word that teaches us to love one another. We pray that it would penetrate deeply into our hearts. Would you move us by your grace and help us to hear. Help me as I speak these words that you have prepared for us this evening. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We've all heard of the golden rule do unto others as you would have them do to you. We see it on posters and classrooms. It's in our common vernacular. We say it all the time. I have the song that we sing in training in the pews, do to others as you would have them do to you, in my head this week because I've been preparing this sermon. It's a phrase that we hear a lot. Of course, it comes from Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount. But there's an important addition to this phrase that we often leave out. The full rule says this, do unto others as you would have them do to you, for this is the law and the prophets. Understood correctly, then the golden rule exhorts us to treat others in a godly way, even as God treats us. But a couple of years ago in his book, The Art of People, Dave Kirpin called into question this rule, and he came up with an alternative, and he calls it the platinum rule. This is what the Platinum Rule says. Do unto others as they would want done to them. Says Kirpin, the Golden Rule has limitations since people and situations are different. When you follow the Platinum Rule, however, you can be sure you're actually doing what the other person wants done and assure yourself of a better outcome. He backs up this Platinum Rule with a story from Dale Carnegie's book, Uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. 
Personally, Dale Carnegie writes, I'm very fond of strawberries and cream, but I have found that for some strange reason, fish prefer worms. So when I went fishing, I thought about what they wanted. I didn't bait the hook with strawberries and cream. Rather, I dangled a worm or a grasshopper in front of the fish and asked, wouldn't you like to have that? Asks Kirpin, why not use the same common sense when you're fishing for people? Now, at first glance, this might seem like it makes a lot of sense. I mean, why not just give people what they want? Why not treat them the way they want to be treated? The platinum rule seems to capture our cultural context pretty well. But let me ask us something. There's someone else who told his disciples that they should go fishing for people. And he didn't use any form of manipulation. Do we really think that we can improve on Jesus' golden rule? I mean, does his golden rule need an upgrade from golden to platinum status? On Monday, Thursday, Thursday, this passage here pushes back against the idea. Melanie read this from verse 34 a moment ago. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another, Jesus says. You see, true gospel love doesn't first ask the question, how do they want to be loved? It asks the question, how does Jesus love? How does Jesus love? We're going to reflect on Jesus' love from this passage of Jesus washing his disciples' feet in two ways today. We're going to see that Jesus sets the pattern for what true love looks like, and then we're going to see that Jesus is perfecting love. So first, let's look at the pattern of love. There's a lot going on on this night, right? The other Gospels record that one of the main discussions that's going on uh, uh, during this supper is the disciples are asking each other, who's the greatest among us? Jesus is also anticipating, as this is going on, that his chief apostle, Peter, is going to deny him three times. He even senses the devil's work at play in Judas as he knows his betrayal is coming. Jesus is looking as well at a Passover meal before him. And the sights and the smells of this meal would remind him that in just a few short hours, he himself would be the Passover lamb. But through all of this, when you would expect him to be anxious and worried and troubled, we get a glimpse into his heart. Having loved his own who are in the world, verse 1 tells us, he loved them to the very end. If this was me, or if it was you, I think in this situation we would feel worry, or frustration, or anger. But not Jesus. He's focused on the love that he has for his disciples, and he wants to demonstrate that love with an object lesson. Silence fills the room as Jesus gets up from supper. Now, it was customary to have your feet washed before you entered into a home because the street was dirty and everyone wore sandals. But probably because this was a borrowed upper room, there was no servant, and the apostles have been spending their time talking about how much better they are than each other, no one as of yet has volunteered for this menial task. Jesus does takes off his outer garment. He wraps a towel around his waist. He pours water into a basin, basin and then proceeds to stoop down 
and wash his disciples' feet. I just want you to imagine the awkwardness that you would feel in this situation. Your teacher and Lord is taking your feet in his hands and is washing them. Think of the vulnerability. Like it's fine if maybe it's a servant or a slave, but your leader, your boss, maybe your close friend. So often this kind of deep service has strings attached, doesn't it? I think if this were us, our first thought would be something like, what's in it for you? Why are you doing this for me? Do I owe you something? But Jesus' service upends all of the economies of this world. I have given you an example that you also should Jesus is as I have done to you, Jesus says. Jesus' action here is a pattern for our service for others. It is not a transaction of service for himself. Remember why Kirpin said that the platinum rule was better? When you follow the platinum rule, he said, you can be sure that you're doing what the other person wants so that you can assure yourself of a better outcome. The love of Jesus is far different. We serve others not to assure ourselves of an outcome, but to help others to experience the true love of God. I think a lot of us need to be reoriented to that truth this Monday, Thursday. Service is a pattern from our Savior, not a transaction for our benefit. I'm sure many of you needed something during the snowpocalypse that happened a month ago. I know our family did. It was Monday morning, 10 degrees outside, and probably 30 degrees in our house. We were surrounded by clouds of like our breath that was coming out. And Haley and I kind of looked at each other and were like, oh my goodness, we're going to need some help here. Thankfully, even though it was difficult for us, right? We can all imagine ourselves in this situation. It's hard to ask for help. We had some friends that we were able to call and just say, we need some help. We need a place to say, we need some warmth. Can you help us out? We knew that we could call on people who knew the pattern of love that Jesus has given. And they wouldn't ask us for anything in return. And this leads us to our second reflection tonight. We don't really get the pattern of love and service that Jesus shows us until we see Jesus' perfect love for us. We don't get that pattern until Jesus' love for us is special and precious to us. Kirpin's platinum rule breaks down because it's really about yourself, right? The love of the world always asks, what's in it for me? But there's another reason that it breaks down. Because if we only receive the love that we wanted, we would never receive the love that we need. If we only receive the love that we wanted from people, then we would never receive the love that we really need. Peter, of course, helps us to understand it in this passage. So every disciple is here receiving this foot washing from Jesus. Maybe a little confused. They don't exactly know what he's trying to get out, but they're receiving it and they're pondering it. And of course, Peter pipes up. He wants to get into a discussion about it. You shall never wash my feet, Lord, he says to Jesus. But Jesus responds to that protestation in verse 8. If I don't wash you, then you don't have any share with me. Then wash all of me, Peter says. 
in classic Peter fashion, he wants to have something to say about how this is going to go down. Like, Jesus, let's talk about this. Like, you give me something and I'll give you something. He wants to have a little discussion. I don't know about you, but I kind of resonate with Peter. I mean, there are a lot of times in my life when I would really need someone to pull me aside and say, Matt, this is one of those situations where it's best for you just not to say anything. Look at what Jesus tells Peter in verse 7. What I'm doing, you don't even understand it right now. But afterward, you will. Peter, you don't have any control over this. You have no say in this. You don't have any power over this. And it's really at this moment that we are challenged with the fact that Jesus' love is not exactly how we want to be loved. You see, this foot washing ceremony points forward to Jesus' perfect sacrifice of his death on the cross. That the clean one took upon himself our uncleanliness. That the one who was perfect took upon himself our pollution. And we don't contribute to that work at all. We can't barter with him about it. We can't clean ourselves a little bit and then he can do the rest. No, we can't add to it at all. And Peter's kind of like us. We're like, okay, Jesus, like, that's fine. If you want to love me in this way, like, let me just at least make myself a little bit worthy. Or let me just pay you back in some way. And Jesus is like, no. If I'm going to wash you, it's going to be me that washes you. Here's the rub. We have to come to the end of ourselves. We have to come to that place of just vulnerability and powerlessness where we realize that there is nothing that we can add to the love of Jesus. And friends, that is good news. That is good news. We can't add anything. And guess what? We also can't lose the love of Jesus either. Amen? When we start to understand that perfect love, that perfect love of Jesus is not a transaction between Jesus and us. You know what will happen with the way we serve others? We'll start serving others as if it wasn't a transaction. Because it's just not about what you can get from other people. It's about letting the service of the Lord flow into you and out through you as you love other people. No, the golden rule doesn't need an upgrade. True love is a pattern which flows from the perfect love of Jesus on the cross. This idea comes to us in many forms in the New Testament. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Or Paul says, love is the fulfilling of the law. Or maybe we could just take this passage from John. Just as I have loved you, so you are to love one another. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we do thank you so much for this, your love for us. We thank you that we cannot add anything to it. And Lord, for that reason, we will never lose it. Lord Jesus, we pray that that love would be poured into our hearts so that we would be those people who care about and serve others, not for ourselves, but to display the perfect and beautiful love of God our Savior. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.